You are listening to Light Up Your Worth with Breakthrough Catalyst Coach, Debbie McAllister. As we talk about money consciousness, mindset, and raising our vibrations, she believes that when you own your own worth, the light shines through you with abundance. Each week, she will provide resources to guide you into greater abundance and more freedom while disconnecting from the scarcity mindset. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much worth, they'll motivate you and light up your worth. Hello, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. Welcome back. I want to start out by wishing you a happy Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. celebrating. This week, I am excited to continue my conversation with Michelle. And we are going to be diving into embracing being authentic and the transformation power of joy, travel, and nature. And as a reminder, Michelle Rehos is a sought-after speaker, podcaster, mentor, and soon-to-be author. After more than a 25-year award-winning career as a communication leader and a corporate executive, Michelle took a leap of faith this year and followed her heart to pursue her calling to inspire others to step into their authenticity and become what they were always meant to be, the most extraordinary version of themselves in life and business. And if you haven't listened to her podcast, she's the host of of live your extraordinary life and highly, highly recommend this. So we're going to jump in where we had stopped last time. So thank you so much. My heart is full of gratitude for you to for you to be here. I've been reading David Hopkins. He was a world-renowned researcher in consciousness. He came up with the consciousness scale. He wrote a book called Power and Force. When we talk about the lowest vibrating energies of guilt and shame, which are around 20 or 30, and enlightenment's a thousand. When we hit about 175, which is pride, courage, 200, love, 500. When we love ourselves, when we shine our light out of love at 500, the science shows that you will feel that residency within your own self unconsciously or consciously, however you are showing up, you will feel that. How do I want to make others feel so that they experience me? Now I'm showing up mm-hmm. and it allows me to bring my best. I don't think about the outcome. I'm detached from the outcome because I know that if I show up and I allow them to be seen, I show up in a serene state. I'm at peace with myself. They're going to feel that. And that's going to shift everything. I always say like when I show up and I'm shining because I feel very comfortable in my authenticity and I'm allowing myself to just be, not do, not win, not push an objective, but just be, then other people are like, what can we do to help you? How can we help you get what you need done? That's a lovely place to be. I have to say, I really encourage you to try that because it's counterintuitive. You think you got to go in and defend your point of view and have this. And when I have detached from that kind of thinking and I just show up with good intentions of 
shining I have to bring because I'm in a good state, it changes everything. Things that weren't even on the table get put on the table and not because I'm putting them on the table. Mm-hmm. I don't need to manipulate an outcome. I pull it in because people are like, I've got this light. There's just there's something about how you're showing up. It's just so infectious and contagious. If you're doing mm-hmm. the work, you know why. You're like holding this light, realizing you're giving permission for them to step into that. I don't know what you're doing, but would you tell me what you're doing? What are you doing differently? When you say to people, I'm not really doing anything differently, but I'm really trying to be my most authentic self. Then they'll say, okay, what does that mean? That means I'm getting rid of everything that's not me. I'm letting go of it. I'm in a detached state and I'm just showing up as me. That's what you're feeling. How did you get there? I've had CEOs ask me, can you show me? Absolutely. You hold the space. You tell them this is about spending more time just being, not meditating, not journaling, not thinking, not strategizing, not trying to come up with the answers, but just being with yourself. To your point, being loving toward yourself. It starts there. When you can give yourself grace, you can let yourself be more authentic and not shut yourself down. Like how many times in your lifetime previous to this much more evolved personal development state, have you felt or thought something and shut it down because you were afraid of what the other person is going to think if you were honest about your point of view or your idea or what you think? Then you tried to game the system of what would they want me to say? I'll say that because I think that's what they want. Then they, they discount your point of view anyway, because you're guessing You're not showing up as yourself. The energy is low. It's a very low vibration Mm -hmm. and it casts this negativity on everything. Best thing you can do for everybody is to be your most authentic version of yourself. That creates a different vibration for everybody, Mm -hmm. not just for you, but for the other person to be able to step in and be like, wow, this is some great energy in this room. I feel it. It's palpable. I think we've all met somebody whether it's on person or we're online and we can feel when that person walks in the room, it really does light up the room. You want to be near them. I don't know what that is, but there's something there and you demonstrate that you elude that energy frequency of having gone through the processes to figure out what that looked like for yourself. I want to switch topics a a bit. What is inspired action? Because we still have to get stuff done. Go get stuff done, masculine, get done. What is inspired action from your perspective? For me, it's really being in tune to my intuition. When I'm in alignment and when I am operating from a place of flow, rather than, quote unquote, racking my brains for the answers and trying to strategize my way through a situation, I allow my gut to guide me. When I talk about taking inspired action, it's because the idea that comes up or the thought that comes up through me, it comes from a place of divinity. It comes from this internal 
space that's sacred, I can act against it because I know it's coming from an inspired place, which if you think about the word means in spirit. When you are connected to that which is most authentically, you are in spirit because we are first and foremost spiritual beings having the human experience. This whole notion of listening to is nothing more than what we've always talked about. Did you get a gut feeling on that? Mm -hmm. Or I had this inspired idea because you are connected to your source. You're somehow, and you probably know it if you're doing it, connecting to your spirit through some sort of practice, through some sort of routine, through some sort of way of being on a habitual basis that you have that space to allow inspired thinking to come up through you. I didn't have to work. This came to me. I just had that idea. That's when you can then take an action that's inspired because it comes from your most authentic space, from your spirit. That's what it is for me. I know Mm -hmm. for sure when I sit down and make a five-year plan, which I used to do all the time from the time I was about 13 until I was well into my 30s, I would sit down and write my goals for the year, my five-year plan. It came from my head. Not that any of the things I wanted to achieve were bad. A lot of them were great things. I wanted to write a book and I wanted to be a parent and I wanted to earn a certain amount of money and I wanted to travel and I wanted to spend more time with friends. I'll tell you, when I did, a lot of things in the list just happened faster than a five-year plan. And time, we talked a little bit about this, time sort of bends when you're acting from a place of spirit. The things that might have taken us 20 years in the past to achieve because we weren't ready to receive the lesson or step into our most powerful space, which is the space of authenticity. Because somehow in our thinking, we thought things had to be hard. I'll raise my hand. I'll be the first one to say I grew up in an environment in New England and roots of life is hard, making money is hard. Work is hard. It's not supposed to be fun. So stop complaining about work being hard because that's what it is. And this mentality that joy is something you got to experience at the end of hard work, which I carried with me for a really long time. And I'm very grateful to say I finally got to a place where I recognized that actually wasn't serving me. None of those were serving me. I was seeing people far surpassed me that were working far less than I was, that were having way more fun than I was. And I was like, what are they doing different? And why is it different for them? I think when you finally get to a place where you recognize being at your most authentic state of being requires a couple of things. I realized that part of getting to my most most authentic self and staying in that state requires leaning into joy, which is totally counter to the way I was raised, which was you have fun at the end of the hard work. And now I realize that when I'm in a funk, often I haven't had enough time enjoying. I haven't had enough playtime, which sounds even strange to say as an adult, right? We're like, oh, we're talking about play. But it is the place of creativity. You cannot create when there's no environment for creativity. So play is so important for action because if you don't have a higher vibration from being in a state of joy, then you cannot cultivate 
inspiration and intuition in order to take inspired action. For me, part of being at my highest state of achievement at the stage of my life means I travel more. I used to view people who traveled as being it's leisure and leisure is lazy and those people must be really rich and those people must have it easy. Now I recognize that for me, travel was a means to A, become more free because away from my day-to-day environment, I dream more. I become more expansive. I also learn about new people and cultures. I'm very outgoing. When I'm on a trip, my husband and son will vouch for this. I meet 10 new people on any given trip because I'll talk to anybody. I want to know who are you? What's your life story? Because I recognize these are other spiritual beings on their human existence too. Maybe they have something that I'm going to learn. Maybe they're going to have something that I need to experience or know about. I'm out there gathering experiences to raise my vibration. I come back from a travel experience in a whole new state of expansion to achieve new things, to take inspired action, to go through periods where I will be, quote unquote, working from an inspired state, which might mean more longer hours, but I am creating at a much higher rate and a faster rate than when I'm not in that space. That's where the, I think that time continuum changes. Like maybe it doesn't take you a year to write a book. Maybe it takes you three weeks to write a book because you're in the right space and you're in the right frequency to just download it. Mm-hmm. And you do hear authors talking about that where I wrote this book or I wrote that song. I wrote whatever it is that painting that's world famous now. I, I, I did that in four hours. There's no sense mm-hmm. of the inspired action doesn't have to mean that it takes you 20 years to become something. I know that there are statistics like you have to spend a certain amount of hours to have mastery, for example, in a musical instrument, let's just say. But it's far less than what you would think. If you spend 15 to 20 minutes a day doing something over a period of time, you're going to gain mastery. It's such a short amount of just 15 or 20 minutes here a day. I spent 15 or 20 minutes staring out the window. I could have been writing during that, but I might have needed the space to stare out the window to empty my mind to go back to another activity. I view the whole sense of what it is that's going to be required to take inspired action is so different for me today than what I understood it to be as a younger person. I think before I thought and I revered those people that brought sweat equity to the table. It's not that I discount the importance of that. I really do think what happens when you're an inspired could probably work two to three times more (laughs) because you're in a joyous stage. You're like, where did the time go? You lose sense, lose track of time because you're in such an energetic space of creation that time goes by very quickly or slowly for you because you don't even realize how much time is going. You don't feel drained. It's giving you life. That's a really good example because we've been on calls. It's been two hours. Where did those two hours just go? And I feel full. I don't feel depleted. I then jump into whatever I needed to finish up for the day or the night and I get it done in half 
a fourth of the time because I'm in this flow state that I used to call it, I'm in the zone. I need to finish this because I'm in the zone right now. I'm not going to take a break. I'm going to power through it, but I didn't feel depleted at the end of it. And I can look back at some of those moments of that creation and go, wow, that was brilliant. I want more of that. But if I try to force myself into doing that, it just doesn't flow. I've learned now, get up, go have some fun, be more feminine, play, be creative. When incorporating more of that back in, because it had fallen away, I need to be more present. I need to focus and work on my inspired actions. Then it will all get done. It's interesting because I write quite a bit. And I think as somebody who tried to do it as more of a task in the past, I would sit down and put the timer on and say, okay, think a great thought and write it down. And I would be so stuck. I would have the worst writer's block and I would be so angry at myself. Like you had so many great ideas before you went to sleep. You should have just written them down then because now you woke up the next day and you can't think of anything to write. What I've learned is you just write without thinking about it. Just allow yourself the the inspired state of being where you just write down whatever comes up. If in the initial part of that, it's, I'm just going to write down whatever comes up. I'm just going to write down whatever comes up. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're writing about, and remember that time, and then you're writing about that time. Allow that to happen and go through the state of not a guided writing experience, a free state of writing. Allow yourself to let whatever comes up be what you write and that you're not acting from a place of your head, but you're allowing your heart-centered being to direct the pen or the keyboard. Mm -hmm. That's when you go back and look at it and you're like, oh, there's this gobbly gook the first three days. But hey, on the fourth day, there's some really good stuff in here. That becomes the the place of your starting point. Mm -hmm. I spend much of my writing time is not structured writing on purpose. I think the most important part for me is just to let it come up through me. It all comes together. Trust me, when you try to force it, it's almost like you don't know where to start. I get massive writer's block when I do that. I use the word surrender, but you weren't using the word surrender of just letting it be. I really loved when you were sharing about travel instead of the leisure. It allows you to become that freedom, the freeness of who you are. I love that your son and your husband realize that Michelle's going to be over there talking with them. We're just going to let her be her. It's the running joke. We're just going to run into a store and they're like, yeah, it's never just running into a store to get something. <laughs> it is what it is. We're, we recognize this will take over an hour, but it's all right. I'm my highest state of always. My best ideas come when I'm traveling. I used to have this argument, long running argument with people I worked with. They're like, oh, you take a lot of vacation. And I'm like, absolutely. It's why I do well in this job because I come back with the best ideas. Mm-hmm. Travel is really part of my development. If I didn't feed that, I would be holding back my best self from you. You are happy that I am traveling. Exactly. I resonate with that for myself as well. 
I'm imagining things that I haven't yet seen or experienced. And I'll tell you, the interesting part is nine times out of 10, a lot of the things I've pre-imagined will happen in a good sense of state. They end up happening because set that intention and put that visual thought process together and this really unfold. It usually finds me, but yeah. that's my place of creativity. Uh-huh. I, I love that. I've been asking uh, my guest to two standard questions. One of them is music about songs. I I firmly believe that music can change our state. Do you have a go-to song or songs that you put on to shift more into my flow state? What is that song or an artist for you? I have a very special song. It's my song, the Beatles song, Michelle, because that's the (laughs) song that my grandparents used to sing to me when I was little and my parents. It brings me back to a happy place of when I was really carefree and little and it's simple. It's easy. It was a happy time. It was preschool time for me. I might've been like two, three, four years old, but for me, it's just like a special song of that's how I was named. I heard that story so many times. That's wonderful. I love that. The other question I want to ask you is if you could go back, what would you tell your younger self? Keep playing. I grew up in Maine in a very rural town surrounded by woods and fields. I loved playing outside. I really loved it. I was forging streams, climbing trees, talking to the water, talking to the wind, picking up leaves, skipping rocks. I didn't have a lot of playmates my age that I lived in a rural part of the state. I spent a lot of time in nature. And as I started to grow up, I got away from that. I moved to a city. I lived a much more urban lifestyle. I got disconnected from nature I would go back and say, keep playing. I felt great power and connection to being outside. I went for a long stretch of my life of my young adulthood disconnected from nature. As an adult, a fabulous trip in the Caribbean and spent a lot of time with my shoes off walking barefoot in the sand and in the water just to feel more grounded and connected. It's immediate for me. I remember all of those summers when I was really little, running around barefoot in the grass, climbing trees, hanging upside down like a monkey and (laughs) jumping through the water and coming back completely covered head to toe and whatever. My mom, she would laugh and giggle and get me clean and what have you. I'd go back out and do it again the next day. At some point, I decided that was the little kid stuff. I stopped doing it probably around seven or eight. I just stopped. And I'd go back and say, keep playing, stay outdoors, stay connected. I feel very rooted. I go home still to visit my family in Maine and I'm back out in nature by default because they live in a very rural part of the state. I feel immediately home, even though I've lived away for more than 30 years. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of wisdom there to remind others and yourself. Thank you, Michelle, for being here and sharing your wisdom and your light and this love that just comes pouring through you. I just feel so honored and blessed that you've been here. Now, for those who want to reach out to you, I listen to Live Your Extraordinary Life podcast. They're just bite-sized pieces, most of the episodes. So you're able to quickly listen, absorb it and carry it with you. I want to encourage people to reach out. We're going to include it in the show links. How could people find you, Michelle? 
Thank you so much. First, I'm on Instagram and it's easy to find me. It's Michelle Rios, R-I-O-S, all one word on Instagram. Or you can go to my website at michellereosofficial.com, either on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can go and look me up by Michelle Rios or live your extraordinary life. So thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Debbie. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. If you enjoyed this Light Up Your Worth episode, be sure to share with a soulful friend who needs to hear this message. Thanks so much for listening and being part of the Light Up Your Worth community. My heart is full of gratitude for you. You are my inspiration to shine the light of spiritual heart-centered women. Now go out there and shine your own light. Sending you sunshine.